Um, hello, everyone. My name is Hen Ling. Today's scripture reading is from Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 to 13. And I'll be reading from the NIV Bible. Um, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 9. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. This is the word of the Lord. So if you notice, I'm wearing a tie today. Yeah, my wife dressed me up well. <laughs> And uh, the, the occasion um, is I, I was able, graced with the joy to speak to the Cantonese congregation because Pastor Eng, uh, our Cantonese pastor, is in Ecuador. And so as we are one church, we just, you know, help each other out. And so he asked and gave me that opportunity to speak to our Cantonese brothers and sisters just this uh, from like 10 to 11. So it was a joy to be with them. And you guys reap the benefits, right? Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was encouraging to hear last Sunday too, right, from uh, our missionary um, Sam, yeah, and Jenny, uh, that's our code names for them, but uh, it was great, and if you uh, uh, were online last week or you missed it, um, we don't have it recorded, so you missed out, and that's it, it's gone, it, we didn't want to record it in the, uh, the Ethernet or in the, the web, so... Um, but yeah, it was really encouraging. But if you're interested in getting regular updates from Sam and Jenny from the work that they're doing, just let me know because we have distribution lists. Whenever a missionary sends an update and you're on the list, then we will send it to you specifically. So yeah, let me know and uh, we'll put you on the distribution list for Sam and Jenny. Yeah. Today we continue our series of messages called Habits of the Heart, which you see behind me. And today's focus is resting in the Lord. So anybody tired today? Yeah, I see you nodding a little bit there. Yeah, well, that's normal, right? It's, it's in the morning. Uh, I'll do my best to uh, help you rest. No, maybe not. I put you to sleep. Yeah, I won't take it personal if you nod off, so don't worry. Um, well, it's interesting. I, I found this study done by the American Academy of Sleep Medicine and the Sleep Research Society that recommends adults 18 to 60 years old need to have at least seven hours of sleep a night um, in order to promote optimal health and well-being. Seven hours. Um, just curious, how many of you would that apply? Seven hours of sleep or more a night? Okay, maybe oh, a little more than half here. Okay, all right, and the other half uh, need to work on that. 
Yeah, sleeping less than seven hours, they say, per day is associated with increased risk of health um, and developing chronic conditions such as obesity, diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, stroke, and frequent mental distress. And, and that covers a lot right there, right? Most adults need at least, they say, seven to nine hours of sleep a night. Most adults. Okay, we're not talking about children, but the adults. And uh, this is surprising, right? How, does, how do we make sure that at least the sleep we get, that we actually are asleep, is restful to us physically? Because some of us have trouble with that too, right? Well, here's what they suggest. Here's some guidelines they suggest. Um, they say you stick to a schedule, which means you, go, you try to go to bed and get up about the same time every day. So it's kind of like a routine. So your body gets kind of into a rhythm. Um, keep your room cool, quiet, and dark. Those are three key things. Keep your room cool, quiet, and dark, and that will help promote sleep and rest uh, when we're actually sleeping. Exercise regularly, they say, especially those exercises that get your heart pumping, because that can also promote deeper sleep when you actually lay down. But not getting enough physical rest is the cause of all kinds of trouble they're connecting that to. But in the same way, not entering God's rest as well causes us all kinds of trouble. And that's what we're looking at today, this habit of entering God's rest. What does that mean, of resting in the Lord? Well, the Hebrews is this ancient letter that we just had written, a part of it, to us, uh, written to Christians who are primarily with Jewish background. So different from us, we're, we would be under the Gentile background, which is assorted all over the place or all over the map, but Jewish background, and this is to them who were living in the first century A.D., so very specific. And these Christians were in danger of falling back to following the Old Testament law or the Torah given to them at Mount Sinai. And the danger was that they were following the law as if it could save them. And make them, you know, in a sense, make them righteous in some way. And so Hebrews 3, chapter 3, stressed, and if, uh, I'm just giving you some context. In Hebrews 3, it stressed that Jesus is greater than Moses who gave them the law. They always looked to Moses like he was the law giver. I mean, it was ultimately God, but he was the vessel that the law came through. So the author of Hebrews stresses this, that Jesus is greater. And as history revealed, though, that the Israelites, even after they received the law, from God on Mount Sinai, they then had hardened hearts and they did not obey the commands that God had given them, even after he had just given it to them. And so that resulted that many of them were not allowed to enter into the promised land of Canaan. And they instead had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years while they died off until the younger generation was the only ones left. So I tell you all this as background context. Keep in mind, because this is the context and the idea of behind our text in Hebrews 4, 9 through 13. So today's text begins in verses 9 and 10. Now, let me read those verses again. Verses 9 and 10. Yeah, today's text, 9 and 10. There we go. All right. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from His. 
Now, God resting from his works is referring to Genesis 1 and 2, when God created man and woman and the world and all of the universe in six days, and then he rested on the seventh day, right? You remember that story, right? If you've uh, been brought up in church, you've been here a little bit. But on the, this does not mean that God like created the world in six days and he was super tired, so he needed a nap to and go to sleep and need to regain his strength, you know, uh, by that taking that rest period of the seventh day. No. The word in the Hebrew language is pronounced Shabbat. And that just simply means to stop, to pause, to cease. So it just means like on the seventh day, he didn't work. He just stopped what he was doing on the six days before that. It's not because he was like... Boy, that was a lot of work, you know. No, because our God is infinitely powerful, right? It's like a blip to create this universe. Imagine the amount of energy that that took. But yeah, it just means stopping. So Sabbath rest is the habit of stopping. It's just that simple, stopping. So the Sabbath day was designed then for the Israelites to stop their normal activity of work that they usually did six days. And then it was also to be a day set apart for them to worship the Lord God, remember Him as their Creator, and enjoy His presence with them. And remember that He is their provider, their shepherd. So the Sabbath rest mentioned here in Hebrews 4 is not specifically referring to the seventh day of the week, though that is part of it, but it's only one part of this idea of Sabbath rest, entering God's rest. So verse 10 says, Whoa, what happened there? Yeah, there we go. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works just as God did from his. So, again, entering God's rest is simple. And I want you to remember this, right? It just means stop. Okay, yeah, I, I stopped. I was trying to physically show you what that meant, yeah. So we stop and we trust in the Lord. Just stop. Trust in the Lord in all things. Stop believing that the successes and achievements of our lives depends solely on us and our efforts. Stop. Don't believe that. Stop carrying the burden of the safety that we think the safety and protection of our children depends solely on us. So we get all worried about our kids and, you know, if anything happens to them. No, stop that. Ultimately, it's up to the Lord. Stop looking to, for other things, to other things, for the meaning and value of our lives, whether it's our success in our career or our relationship or getting married or whatever it is. Stop. Just stop. Sabbath rest. Trust in the Lord. You know, only in the Lord Jesus do we find God's Sabbath rest. Only in Him and Him alone. We can rest from our work because Jesus' work that he did on the cross, accomplished once and for all the work of our salvation. In a sense, we are, what he did is done, and we don't have to work for it anymore. So just stop, and then you can experience and enter God's rest. Because as you remember, Jesus on the cross, what did he say? It is done, or finished. It's done, right? It's, it's over. I am done, so stop trying to do what I already did. Just stop it. (laughs) That's the idea of Sabbath rest. 
in a sense, stop, but remember who did the work. (laughs) I did this for you. So stop and rest in me. You know, entering God's rest for the people of Israel was to be in God's presence. And this is key here for us to understand entering God's rest. For Israel, the promised land of Canaan was to be the place of physical rest and promise that God had, was leading them to from slavery. So you see this whole image. Slavery, freedom, restoration, and now they're going to the promised land. But a land given to them by God, this was not to be, in the sense, their rest only. It was God's rest meant His presence with them in the promised land, but not only in that physical place, just His presence with them. And an example of this, God said to Moses during this period of time, oh boy, it's happening again. There we go. All right. In Exodus 33, 14, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. This is what God, the Lord God said to Moses, who was leading the Israelites. So it wasn't the promised land. It wasn't that God defeated their enemies. It wasn't even when they got into the land that he promised to give them the produce, uh, lots of produce herds and increase of herds and crops and all that. No, it was the fact that God was with them that would be restful for them. It's important for us to know this. He was with them and they had rest. But now listen carefully to what Jesus said in Matthew 11, verse 28. Hmm. There we go. All right. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now, this is the same promise that God gave to Moses, but it's a little different. It's a little different if you noticed, right? Um, The Lord told Moses that he would go with them right? And they would have rest. But Jesus is saying, what? Come to me, and I will give you rest. He's not saying, oh, I'll go with you. No, he's saying, come to me, and I will give you rest. Like, just what he, how did he call his disciples? He said, follow me. Yeah, just come on, follow me, you know? In a sense, be with me, and then you will experience God's rest. So it's the same, the presence of God, but it's different. We must go to Jesus and find rest. We enter God's rest when we, by faith, trust in that He is in control, like we just sang, right? He's in control. He oversees everything. We trust Jesus saved us by the punishment He took in our place so that we would not be punished when we place our faith in Him and what He accomplished once and for all on the cross taking on the penalty for our sins in our place. And then we trust in the truth that Jesus then rose from the dead, having shown that he has victory over sin and death once and for all. So that no matter what we do or what we say does not disqualify us from entering to be in relationship with him if we trust and follow Jesus. And we trust in Jesus as Lord because he rose from the dead. And this means nothing that you and me can ever accomplish or do is needed to achieve for us what Jesus already accomplished. It's done. It's over. It's finished. So stop thinking that you got to do something to do. You have to earn 
something in favor with God or to get into heaven or whatever it is that we have that's messed up in our head. Our hearts can truly rest in Him and what He has accomplished. You know, some things God has not told us. There's quite a few things that He has not told us. And He never will. Get it out of your heads. I don't think He's ever going to reveal certain things to us. Maybe. I don't know. That's up between Him and his, His decision. Things will enter our lives and trouble our minds and we will not be able to solve them in our life. Yep. We're not going to be able to figure it out. We're not going to understand why did that happen when it happened or why did God allow this. But the fact that God has not told us all that, he would, all that we would like to know is a sign of His unconditional fatherly love. Just bear with me here. For example, rest that children experience is not in the fact that they can figure everything out. Because, you know, they're kids, right? They can't figure everything out, just like we can't figure everything out as adults, right? But for them, it's, their rest comes in trusting their parents who have it figured out. Right? They just trust their parents, like, they'll figure it out, right? So, I mean, every loving parent does this with their kids because they don't share everything with their children. Like, say, if their parents are experiencing financial difficulties, right? They're not going to lay that on the lap of their kids and worry them about that. They will not share that with them. If they're loving parents, they will hold that to themselves. Um, if they're having marital issues, problems with each other, if they're loving parents, they won't lay that on the laps of their children. They will keep that from their children because they know knowing these things will be an, a burden that they are unable to bear. Well, it'll be detrimental to them because it's too heavy. They can't understand exactly what's going on. And the fact that God hasn't revealed to us the details of His sovereign plan specifically for our lives and in a lot of things indicates that He loves us. He protects us because He knows if we were burdened with this, it would just break our weak minds and hearts. He keeps it from us, and that's a sign of His love. God answers our desire to know and understand by not giving us answers, but giving us Himself. And he says, I'm with you. Just trust me, because I'm good. And oh, how I love you. That's kind of restful, peaceful, when we can really trust in that truth. It's very interesting how Hebrews 4 then continues in verse 11. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience, referring to the Israelites and how they disobeyed. So what are we to do? Well, we make every effort to enter God's rest. Uh, make every effort here just means to be diligent, to be earnest, to be eager, to make every effort to do our best to enter that rest. Um, it's kind of like a semi-paradox, don't you think? And work hard to rest. You know? Do everything you can do to stop. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, okay, how do we, how do, we do this? <laughs> you know, can you explain a little more here? Well, this is like the guidance, if you remember in the beginning, we were talking about how do you sleep well? How do you actually, when you lay down in your room, make sure that you can actually rest? 
Well, there's some guidance there. You got to make the get them work hard to make the environment right for that that gives you opportunity to rest. Like what was it? Cool, dark, and quiet. Right? So it'll help. And then some other things as well. He gave some guidance to us. We 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 make every effort to be able to stop like we're commanded to do and enter God's rest. I'll give you another example um, from years ago. Anybody like camping? Yeah, yeah, I, I like camping too, right? Um, but camping's a lot of work, right? It's a lot of work. But on the other hand, it's super restful and refreshing. Maybe you're like, no way. <laughs> well, let me, let me just explain. So uh, Mark Tom, some of you know Mark Tom, and I went camping in August of 2017. So obviously I don't go camping very often. Um, but I have gone camping since then too, but I'm using this this time because I remember something very that's applicable. So we went camping then in the Round Valley Reservoir. The two of us met there. We packed up my canoe with stuff. Here's a picture of Mark. And then we, we put all our stuff in the canoe at, from the, the boat ramp, and then we rode to our camping spot, which is kind of fun, right? We rode across the reservoir to where we camped because all the spots are right on the, the edge of the reservoir. So it's really beautiful uh, camping locations. If you're interested, let me know. I'll have Mark plan us another trip, you know, this summer or something. That'd be great. Um, so we got up there. We set up camp. Um, I set up a two-person little tent at that point, um, and Mark set up his really awesome hammock. Go ahead. Go to the next slide if you can. Yeah. There we go. Anyway, there was a hammock that he set up there, and uh, oh, I wish you could see it. Okay. Oh, there it is. All right, yeah. All right, great. And then we had to search for wood and cut it and prepare for the fire. You know, it's a lot of work. We were super hungry by the time we, you know, finally sat down to eat. But then you can't just eat. You got to cook it. And we had steak and potatoes, I remember, and so you had to cook it. But, oh, it was so good, right? And um, so, yeah, we, we did that. And I'm telling you all this because we ate and when we stayed up late at night in front of the fire, in front of the, the water and the stars, and we were talking, and it was just great, just the two of us, so restful, so refreshing, um, you know, because you're really tired physically, <laughs> so it's easy to rest at that point. But yeah, and, and so then we went to sleep, and, um, and then I remember I, I got up early, and I woke up, and I didn't see Mark anywhere. And because uh, he told me before, he usually doesn't sleep well, and so he's, don't worry if he's up and about. But I didn't see him anywhere, so I was like, huh. So I started getting things ready for breakfast for the two of us, you know, <laughs> cook and stuff and all that. But um, and then I realized after a while, his hammock started moving again, and he was still in his hammock. He was still sleeping there in his hammock. <laughs> and and he, he was surprised, too, because he said, yeah, uh, I slept so well. Mark is a guy, he's a loner, so he usually goes camping by himself up to this point. And uh, he said, but he, he slept so well this night because he said, I guess it's because I knew I had a companion with me. And so I felt safer and I just locked out and didn't get up until later. And I bring this up because this is exactly kind of the image of knowing that we have a companion with us. The living God is with us. We can find rest. And we can rest well, just knowing He is with us, and He's got our back, and He's got our front, and He's got the future and the past. He already took care of everything. <laughs> so stop! <laughs> just stop <laughs> worrying about things. 
Stop and trust in Him. And so let us therefore make every effort to enter God's rest by faith in Christ so that no one may fall to this disobedience of unbelief like the Israelites did in the wilderness. So, are you weary and burdened in heart today? Did you come here maybe feeling depressed or lonely or fearful? Are you gripped with worry and anxiety about something that's happening or coming up you're anticipating? Are you just upset? You can rest in Jesus. And he requires you to trust in him to find that rest. You must go to him. And he will give you rest. Believe in him as Lord of all. Jesus has your best in mind. That's what the scriptures teach us. You can rest secure in his love and his grace and care, no matter what happens, no matter how difficult life becomes. So what do you choose to do? Do you choose to go to him and trust him and find rest, to make every effort to enter that rest, or will you just remain restless, try to figure it out on your own and continue to remain restless? What will you do? The last two verses of our text give us guidance on how we are to make every effort to enter into that rest. Let me read that again. For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom we must give an account. The Lord Jesus knows us inside out. We are laid bare before him. All our inner struggles, he knows about. He knows them better than we do, most likely. Nothing is hidden from his sight. But oftentimes, things are hidden from our sight about ourselves and concerning others as well. We don't quite understand what's going on, and they're hidden from us. But God has given us a precious gift in His Word, the Bible. Because the Scriptures is alive and active because it is an extension of who He is. He has revealed Himself in the written Word. And as we see here, it pierces, it reveals about ourselves. Because it's part of Him, what He has revealed about Himself. We learn how perfect and just and fair God is in His Word. The Bible reveals to us God's amazing love and His gift of salvation. And we learn, most of all, that He loves us and He is absolutely good and just. And God doesn't change. He remains the same forever. So He's not going to be like this one day and, oh, He's in a bad mood this day. No, no, He's the same. So learning God's Word is essential for us to know the living Lord Jesus who has said, come to me all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And we can know who he is and what he's like through the word of God. And then commune with his spirit, living in obedience to his commands. You know, if you want to experience God, just obey what he tells us to do. And then his spirit will reveal himself to us even more. So therefore, brothers and sisters in Christ, make every effort to enter God's rest from knowing God's written word for the word of God is alive and active. It's not just words on a page. If we, like God spoke and it came to be in creation, when we act on his word, 
it's like we are experiencing him in real life, real time, right now. Make every effort to live his written word. Now, one practical way to do this that I'm suggesting is a lot of ways, but one practical way is to memorize a verse. And this is a challenge to you if you haven't practiced this and you don't have to do it, but it's something that I have done that ushers me into God's rest time and time and time again. But it's something practical and simple we can do. And because, as we said, the habits of the heart simply are to point us to the truth of God, who He is, and who we are in light of who He is. So, for example, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. This is what I call one of my life verses. I memorized these two verses when I was a young adult, and, and they still are in my head today. So, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, because, you know, <laughs> we're very limited <laughs> in that. Right? In all your ways, submit to Him. So in a sense, just go to Jesus, submit, and then he will make your path straight. You want to know what you're supposed to do in life? Follow the first three <laughs> phrases there, and he's going to make your path straight. What, what degree are you going to have in college? He's going to make your path straight. Who should you marry? He's going to make your path straight. What job should you take if you have multiple options? He's going to make your path straight. You know, what should you do for retirement? He's going to make your path straight if you trust in the Lord with all your heart. So these verses, when I was a young adult, just continue to usher me and reorient me when I'm like troubled or worried or just confused or I questioning God and, and, uh, and it comes to me. Now, practically, say you might say, I have a hard time memorizing. I'm like, well, you memorize a lot of stuff. But yeah, anyway, this is just something how it helps me memorize. It's like connect this habit that you want to form with another habit that already exists. So, just a suggestion. I mean, I'm assuming you guys have this habit in your life. Um, it's probably apparent if you don't. Brushing your teeth, right? So, if you're going to brush your teeth every day, I hope you guys do, at least once or twice a day, right? So, when you brush your teeth, just write these verses down, stick it to your mirror or something, or have it on a card, and just pull out, lay it on the thing. And while you're brushing, you can't actually say the words, because, you know, I'm right? So you just say it in your head. Just read it over that minute every day. I'll guarantee you if you do it twice a day or once a day, however often you brush your teeth, over it's twice a day. Um, yeah, you know, you just say it over and over again while you're just doing that practical habit, and I'll guarantee you that truth will seep into your mind. Even if you don't have all the words down, that truth will become more and more and more part of your thinking, and it'll be your go-to when things happen, and you will find rest and enter into God's rest. Anyway, it's the next slide. <laughs> so, brothers and sisters, I want you to leave today developing the habit to what? Stop! <laughs> right? Stop! And just trust in the Lord. If you're anxious, just realize, what am I anxious about? And then I'm like, okay, i got to stop. I just trust in you. So I end with this prayer written by Christian author and teacher Paul Tripp. And I had a slide for this, but I'll just pray it so you can just listen to it. Let's pray. Lord, you accomplished your sovereign plan by invading our dark and messy world in the person of your Son, giving yourself in radical grace to people who saw no value in your nearness. 
You are master, but you are also Emmanuel. You are Lord, but you are Father. You are king, but you are friend. You are sovereign, but you are shepherd. Your rule is not from afar. No, your rule brings you near. You have hope today. We have hope today because you are not distant. And we celebrate the amazing rest and strength to be found in the reality that your sovereignty has brought you near to us. And we rest in you, Lord Jesus. Amen.